0: Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. This morning, I'm going to be starting a new series. It's called Promises, Problems, Purposes it's really the story of Joseph and I think um, this morning I want to kind of give an intro into that but I think that this this series will challenge all of us it will speak into our lives for a number of things that we're dealing with maybe today and and what we'll be dealing with in the future God has given you many promises in his word and and some of us have received personal words and promises and prophetic words that have spoken into our life. And and many of those things we may not see uh, have come to pass yet. But God has a great purpose and purposes for you, for your life, for your family. God didn't just place you here just to go through life, but he's given you uh, promises and he's given you a purpose that's important. That has an eternal value or, or consequence for you personally in the world around us. But between the promises and the purposes, you will encourage problems. Probably not a very popular message today. But, you know, I think we need to be, be real. I think we need to understand what's going on. When we understand what's happening around us in the spiritual realm, which impacts the physical realm, then it can change our strategy on how we approach things and it gives us a different perspective because we live in a sin-filled world we know that when Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered into all of humanity and it changed things But but there's always consequences that are connected to sin and so a lot of things we see happening in the world today are a direct result of sin Most of our issues originate from our disobedience and sin in our lives. You know, think about, I'm not not asking you to think about, you know, things that we have no control over, the world economy or the world governmental systems or any of that, but the things that are are directly related to our life many times stem from sin. Sometimes our, our issues originate from another person's sin, but it's still sin, that impacts the world and impacts us and like I've talked about before a crack baby it's not their fault but it is their problem it's not their fault that their mother didn't take care of them and was on drugs and now it's transferred to the child so sin can be directly from something we do or it could be an indirect sin from somebody else if someone drives by on I-45s and shoots you you didn't have any control over that it wasn't your sin but it was somebody else's sin But God can heal us as we yield to him. God can protect us as we pray. So throughout this year, we've been praying and fasting and saying, Lord, protect us, protect our families, watch over us. God can heal a crack baby. God can remove the residual consequences from that baby's life. Jesus never said that our life would be free of problems. He never said that. I want to go to John chapter 16. Jesus is talking to his disciples that he was leaving them and he's going back to heaven because his purpose was fulfilled uh, on his earth. His earthly role was fulfilled here. He says in John 16, yes, I came from the father into the world and now I will leave the world and return to the father. He's saying he told them this numerous times. But he's having this conversation with them, and they're finally getting it. They're finally beginning to understand that he came not to build an earthly kingdom, but the kingdom of God, and that he was going to be leaving. And we know, he said, i leave, that the Holy Spirit will come and guide you into all truth. And so he's having this discussion with the disciples, and they're starting to get it. And Jesus asked them in verse 31, do you finally believe? And, you know, whenever Jesus would would ask a question, it's not because he needed the answer. It was to get them and to get us. And I think this is a relevant question to us. Do we finally believe? Do we believe in our heart, not just in our head? And he goes on to tell them what's going to happen in the near future. He says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. And we know that two chapters later in in, uh, the book of John that Jesus is arrested. And what happened? The disciples, they scattered. They took off. But yet he says, and, and verse 32 continues, Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. That's the confidence that Jesus had and we see time after time where Jesus was spending time with the Father. And that was his greatest connection. And then he goes on to say, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. We can only have and we can only find true peace in Jesus. Jesus gives peace but Jesus is also peace. That's his character, that he is peace. And it seems that the church today has implied that once we come into a relationship with Christ, we are exempt from all issues and problems. And we would like it to be that way, but the fact is it's, it's not like that. In fact, Jesus never said that. He never said that you're never going to have any issues or problems. In fact, he said the opposite. My first point this morning is followers of Christ are not exempt from trials, temptations, and sorrows. But we have the hope of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit. Listen, we're we're not alone just because we have a relationship with Christ that we're exempt from problems or we're, we're different than, than a lot of the things that the world experiences. But we have the peace of God. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Thank God for that. Because if you didn't have that, how would you be dealing with the, the problems and the issues? Many of us have dealt with those in the past. And what we did, how we dealt with them was just created more problems and issues on top of the problems and issues that we already had. And so at least we have that element Removed from our lives where we say Lord, I don't understand, but I know that you you're here to lead me and guide me and help me through these challenges Jesus goes on to say in verse 33 here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows why because we live in the sin-filled world and he, He goes on to say here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because i have overcome the world jesus is in us we're in him and so because of that he has overcome but we can overcome as well and and so jesus asks the question are you finally understanding are you finally getting it and so that's a question maybe we should ask ourselves today are we finally understanding are we finally getting it that this is the world's systems And these are the consequences of this sin-fallen world that we live in. Is that giving us a different perspective? We know that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly places. So is that changing our perspective? Promises, problems, purposes... This is what this series is going to be talking about. And I I really believe that there are elements of, of all these sermons that are going to land on each of us, maybe in a different way but to give us a broader perspective Kendall talked about it this morning about Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect if we're if we're stuck in this rut where we're not seeing what what God is doing and what's really going on around us we're just gonna continue the path and we're gonna go the same way that the world goes but but God has come to to set us free from that and, and give us some understanding and perspective that's different why because it will help us to navigate the problems and the challenges that we have i said earlier that between the promises and the purposes you will encounter problems and jesus confirmed that you will have many trials you will have many sorrows why couldn't jesus have just eliminated that why couldn't he have just said okay you're not going to have any problems trials and tribulations help produce our character we don't want we don't want to hear that but there's no way around getting through some of these things and having our character built without the trials and tribulations who likes to go to the dentist (laughs) don't be lying nobody likes to go to the dentist but why do we go because we we go every six months because they need to clean our teeth and they need to take x-rays and you know they, they it's crazy they tell you don't stick anything metal in your mouth and what is the first thing they do they get in there with this little pointed probe and they're digging around and scraping but why do we go because we know that it's part of our maintenance it's good for us it's not comfortable and trials and tribulations help produce our character. God cares less about our comfort than he does about our character. Yeah. And we're living in a world right now, as Christians, our character is being built. This is an incredible scripture in Hebrews 5 8 and 9. The writer of Hebrews says, Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned. Jesus learned obedience from the things he suffered. It it is amazing. Fully God and fully man, but yet Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Verse 9 says, In this way God qualified him as a perfect high priest, and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who, who obey Him. And this Greek word for perfect is teleo. And it means complete, mature, perfect, finished. And so He became the perfect, complete, mature, finished work of God for eternal salvation for those of us who believe Him. Jesus fully God, yet fully man. So jesus went through every trial and temptation and test that we could ever go through the difference was he he didn't sin and i love maybe maybe that's not the right word but i'm appreciative of the fact that we see the encounter that jesus has in the garden three times he says father if it be your will can you take this cup from me He knew what he was about to go through. Something that none of us can ever really comprehend. Okay, we may be able to comprehend the torture of being crucified, but we cannot even begin to comprehend taking on the sin of all the world. All of your sin, all of my sin, all the six billion people that are on the earth today, their sin. We have no idea or concept of what that part is like. And I have a feeling that that the spiritual impact of that was greater than the physical suffering on the cross. And yet Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. He learned obedience to the Father through the things that he suffered. Jesus said, talking to the disciples and to us, you will have trials and tribulations. His his half-brother James writes this in James chapter 1. Dear brothers and sisters, when? You know, I wish that word would have said if on occasion. If on rare occasion, but he doesn't say that. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Joy, I'm going to the dentist tomorrow. Joy, I'm going to have a root canal. For you know that when your faith is tested, when your faith is tested, hey, uh, why don't you go out with us tonight? Uh, the boss is going to take all, all the, the workers to the, the topless bar, gentlemen's club. It's a great way for you to kind of get in with the boss and, you know, maybe you'll get a promotion because, hey, you know, sometimes he asks uh, the employees to take out uh, some of the clients and they they go to these topless bars. Why don't you come along? No, I, I can't do that. Well, why? Why not? It's just one night because I can't compromise my life. That's not honoring to my body. It's not honoring to my eyes. It certainly doesn't honor my wife. What about, hey, tell, well, listen to this joke that I heard. No, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that joke because I know where you're going with that joke. You know, um, my boss came to me one day and he said, uh, I'd like for you to take a 41% cut in pay. I said, no, I can't do that. I won't do that. So I would stand up for something like that. But what about something else where I would stand up for my faith and say no, I'm not going to compromise my life like that. I don't care if I don't get a promotion, I don't care if I have this job. I'm not my my integrity is more important than a paycheck. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Endurance or patience to remain to uh, having steadfastness—that's what causes us to grow. Do we compromise our lives based on the situations, situational, uh, you know, situational circumstances? Well, I'm going to stand for God in this situation, but you know what? I'm going to compromise in this. Do we do things like well? Um, I've gone to the grocery store and I bought five items and it's $40. I think I'm going to cut back on my tithing. I'm going to quit tithing. Do the circumstances of the the world around us impact our steadfastness in God? Or do we say, I'm not going to be moved by those kinds of things. I'm not going to compromise my life. I'm not going to compromise what the Lord has called me to do because of the world's systems that are failing and will continue to fail and continue to create problems? Or do we trust God and we say, you know what, God, I don't don't know how you're going to meet our needs, but I'm not going to relent on what I know you've called me to do. I'm going to continue to stand firm. I'm going to continue to do what I know you have called me to do. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow our faith is built as we go through these circumstances when we don't know how it's going to work out that's when we're really trusting God and we're we have faith in God well I don't know about this job I don't know I'm not going to take a 41 percent cut in pay I know this that when when we were at another church we just got on staff for a month and things blew up the pastor's wife brought allegations against a, a ungodly lifestyle that he was living i knew we weren't going to stay at that church we had no income now what are we going to do well you know i guess we need to stay here and live a compromised life no we're not going to do that you know god always took take takes care of us even when we don't feel like it even when we don't see it even when we don't know it even when we don't know how in the world god is going to do it when we stay connected to him, he works it all out. And so for months, we didn't get a paycheck. I didn't have a job. But God always provided. And He part of that was he had prepared us. We had six months of savings saved up. And so when we went through this situation, we had resources there. You know, Barb is is, is going to be teaching a, another class in on Uh, finances God's way I want every one of you to go through that class because if you don't need it you know people that do need it those are the kinds of things that God wants to do those are the practical things that God will do and provide for us for our lives so that we can walk in the freedom and liberty that he called us to to walk in but we understand that the physical impacts of the spiritual and so you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. What does he say in verse 4? So let it grow. We want to we mow those things down and take those out of my life. But God may be saying, hey, I need you to go through this because you need to learn some things. I need some character built in you. I need you to trust me. I need to build your faith. We're so blessed we live in this country. We don't think twice about turning on the water faucet and having clean water. We don't think twice about flipping a switch and having electricity. What if that didn't happen? Was it last week uh, AT&T lost phone service for a few hours? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What am I going to do now? I can't get on my phone and search the Internet. I can't text somebody. I can't what if we're headed for some really much more significant issues where there's corruption within the electrical grid system or the water system or whatever what do we do then do we have faith to trust god are we prepared the lord has been speaking to us for years be prepared the world as we know it almost uh, almost four years ago. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. I don't think we've seen the end yet. And, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not all freaked out about uh, what are we going to do. We just need to prepare. We need to take note of the signs around us and, and get our head out of the sand and say, Lord, what are you showing me through this situation I don't have I don't have all the answers I don't I don't know what all this looks like but we we can prepare so your endurance has a chance to grow the opportunity to remain steadfast has a chance to grow so let it grow so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you will be perfect and complete needing nothing this Greek word here is perfect as uh, teleos, full-grown, mature, without blemish, operating as, as designed. It's very similar to the word that, that God spoke over Jesus, to te, uh, teleo. It's, it's that same kind of word. Because of what Christ was able to do, he fulfilled his role. He was, he was the final sacrifice. He was available And he met the criteria to be the Lamb of God to take on the sins of the world because he was without sin. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And this word teleos means full grown or mature. So let this work have its process so that you can be full grown mature without blemish we think perfect is like oh i got a i got a little ding on my car my car's not perfect but perfect means fulfilling the role that it was created for and so are we perfect from the standpoint of that no we it's not that we don't have a pimple or a blemish but are we uh, perfect from the standpoint of we are fulfilling the role that god has called us to do so you will be perfect and complete meaning whole entire all so it won't be like a pocket of perfection that our whole being will be complete i'm not saying that we we won't ever have any problems i'm not saying that we won't ever mess up but i'm but what i am saying is god is trying to get us to this place of understanding and perception where we are mature, needing nothing. What does that term mean? It means without lack, with no lack, or not failing short of. That's the place that the Lord wants to get us to, but it's, it's, it can only happen through Christ. So let's read the scripture, and I've emphasized it here. The emphasis is mine here. So let it, what is it? Patience and endurance grow, For when your endurance, your patience, ability to remain steadfast, being steadfast is fully developed, so being developed is a process, right? You will be perfect, meaning you will be full-grown, mature, without blemish, operating as designed and complete, whole, entire, all of you, needing nothing, not lacking or falling short of that is what the lord is trying to get his church to trying to get his body to trying to get us to this place because he has promises he has purposes for us that are great and mighty we are called the priest of god we are his hands and feet but in the middle of that will be problems But problems are not so bad if we can learn from that, if we can grow from that. But who wants to go through problems? None of us. We just want the beginning and the end. But in life, there's stuff in the middle. And when we go through the challenges and and trials and tribulations, there are people that you work with that are watching you. Man, I saw how the boss is mistreating you, and I don't know how you dealt with that so well. Trials and tribulations help produce our character. Skip down to verse 12 in in James chapter 1. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Because he's preparing us to fulfill the role and the calling that he has for our life. And even when we don't understand why we're going through something... God is saying, I'm going to bless you. Blessings don't always look like we think they're going to look like. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. We're talking about promises, too. So here's a promise, and James 1, 12 continues. And afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised promised to those who love him so you say well I don't see any promises that God has made to me well here's one right here there are hundreds of them and so as we spend time with him he he gives us insight he tells us to prepare he tells us the world as we know it will soon come to an end what are we doing with that information what are we doing with that insight what are we doing with that that the Lord is speaking to our hearts and lives. Verse 13, and remember when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Sin is enticing. and the results are these desires give birth to sinful actions so that's why we pray for purity lord god help give me a, a pure heart oh god renew a right spirit within me these desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow what about the times when you've allowed sin in your life and you say no that's enough we're not going there. When sin is tolerated, well, I've gotten by with it for five years. I've gotten by with it for decades. You haven't really gotten by with anything because it's it's causing erosion in your spirit, in your soul, in your life. That may come to fruition somewhere down the road. It, it may blow up. How did this happen? Well, it started five years ago when you started tolerating when you started allowing these things when you started beginning to compromise oh I only went to that bar one time well let's see ten maybe it's twenty well I I, I went to that bar one time and it just kind of grew from there have you noticed that in the early fall when you have something a green spot in your yard that it's a weed (laughs) that's the first thing that pops up it's like oh look the grass is coming oh no those are weeds that's like sin i mean it's always popping up it's like whack-a-mole you know you you just got to deal with those things but we have to get the mindset of i'm not allowing that i'm not tolerating that in my life or we begin to compromise And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Spiritual death can be a result of sin. Spiritual death. Talking about all of eternity. Physical death can be a result of sin. We are unpacking the processes and correlation between promises, problems, and purposes. My third point is even heroes of the faith had trials and tribulations. You look at the heroes of the faith and you'd be going, I wouldn't have picked them. I want to give a little bit of background on Joseph. We're we're going to be talking about the life of Joseph. We're going to be talking about the the promises, the problems, the purposes that God had for him. And it's going to be very relatable to us on many different levels. But I want to give a little bit of background. The great-grandfather... Of Joseph was Abraham God called Abraham he said I want to form a nation from your lineage there is no nation to serve me and I want you to be the father of that and and we see the great faith I think it's in Hebrews it says that uh, Abraham's faith was counted to him as righteousness it was before the law ever existed and so God says because of your faith He was the father of Israel and and many other tribes and nations. Uh, Joseph's grandfather was Isaac, the son of Abraham and Sarah, the son of promise, who had uh, a stepbrother, Ishmael, who was born out of disobedience because Sarah said, well, look, you know, I'm not getting pregnant. Go sleep with Hagar, my, my handmaiden. instead of uh, trusting God and waiting on God. And then his, Joseph's father is Jacob, a deceiver, who stole his brother's birthright, <laughs> and then went to work for his uncle that was a, a deceiver just like him. He said, I want to I marry this, this girl, Rebecca. She's awesome. She's a hottie. I want her. And he said, I'll work for seven years for her. And then he, he realized that he'd been duped, tricked, deceived ended up with Leah and worked, had to work another seven years for Rachel. So we're talking about the history and the lineage and some of the things that happened in Joseph's life to prepare him. The problems were part of what God used to prepare him to be second in command in all of Egypt. But I want to go back even a little bit further in Genesis nine eighteen through 27. The sons of Noah... Who came out of the boat with their father were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham is the father of Canaan. That's emphasized here because it's important. Because we'll see it again here in a minute. From these three sons Noah came, all the people who now populate the earth. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground and he planted a vineyard. One day he drank some wine he made and he became drunk and lay naked inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, second time we see this, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. There is speculation about what happened during that exchange, but the, the, the scripture doesn't really elaborate on that. But it was disrespectful for him to be looking upon his dad's nakedness. Maybe he came out and he made fun of his dad to his brothers. Maybe something inappropriate happened. We don't really know. But there were consequences for whatever happened. Verse 23, then Shem and Japheth took a robe, held it over their shoulders, and backed into the tent to cover their father. So they held something and they backed in to cover their father. they responded honorably and respectfully to their dad. Verse 23 continues, As they did this, they looked the other way so they would not see him naked. What are we looking at with our eyes? When we have the opportunity to see something that we shouldn't be looking at, are we looking away? Or are we tolerating sin? When Noah woke from his stupor, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. Again, it's not clear or understood what happened, but it was significant enough for Noah to curse the descendants of Ham. Verse 25, Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. May Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants of his relatives. So, it's interesting that Noah didn't curse him; he cursed his lineage. He kept he cursed his offspring that came from him, and, but he blesses Shem and Japheth's offspring. Verse 26. Then Noah said, "Let." Uh, then Noah said, "May the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed, and may Canaan be his servant. May God expand the territory of Japheth. May Japheth share the prosperity of Shem, and may." Uh, may Ham be his servant. So there was something significant that happened. And uh, it's believed that the descendants of Shem settled in Iraq and North, northern Arabia. It's believed that the descendants of Japheth settled in Europe and Asia Minor in the area of Turkey. And uh, descendants of Ham settled in Africa and southern Arabia. Some of the descendants of Ham are the Canaanites, the Egyptians, the Philistines, the Hittites, the Amorites. And those are some of the tribes that gave Israel the most problems that came from the lineage of Ham that Noah cursed. The Canaanites were Israel's most hostile neighbors. They were corrupt. They worshiped idols. Israel had to drive them out of the promised land. What about the Egyptians? We'll talk about this later. But Joseph is second in command in Egypt, and he brings his family there, and they prosper, and and they're so prolific and growing that the Pharaoh says, hey, we need to do something about these guys, or they're going to take over Egypt. So they made them slaves. Egypt came from the lineage of Ham, the Philistines always problematic always always problematic descendants of Shem Abraham Isaac Jacob Joseph of course King David Jesus descendants of uh, I didn't do the the ones of Japheth but Noah's blessings were fulfilled the promises that he gave were fulfilled. God's promises that he's given to you will be, profil- will be fulfilled. We need to believe them. That's why I love the song that we're doing now, Believe For It, because I think sometimes we need to be reminded of what we're believing for. What did you say, God, way back then? I don't see it happening. I, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I believe you so the promises of God we need to believe them we need to receive them we need to live them out we need to walk those things out and say Lord I I remember you said this so I believe it, I receive it, I'm going to live like it I'm not going to live in fear I'm not going to live in doubt I'm not going to live in these things I'm going to trust you and believe if you're a Uh, A dad or grandfather or uncle bless your children bless your grandchildren guide them lead them to become godly men husbands dads leaders wives that that follow after God I mean here's here's the opportunity that we have don't let your circumstances or your situations negate god's calling on you i remember when my dad was dying i felt very impressed he was in the hospital he'd had a stroke he couldn't talk you know we we couldn't really communicate and and i remember to this day i walked into his 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 hospital room and i said dad would you bless me it caught him off guard And so he put his hand on my my back and he prayed. I don't know what he was praying. He wasn't praying out loud. And then the next day I went to see him in the hospital and he was like, come sit. He laid his hand on my back and he prayed again. And I think he had some time to think about it. I think he had some time to pray about it and say, what do I bless my son with? And I don't know what he prayed, but I believe that, that I'm seeing part of the, the answer or the results of those prayers and those blessings. I know this. I know that whatever my dad would have prayed for me for blessings, I know that it would have been good for me. And I think that my dad's probably looking down from heaven and saying, oh yeah, blessings to my son. I'm seeing them happen before my very eyes. Even though I'm not there, I get to see from heaven. So we have the opportunity to develop our family members, our children, but also people around us. And so again, through this series, and today I'm, I'm laying the background. Problems, I mean, promises, problems, purposes. I think this is going to be a life application series that will help all of us and prepare us for the coming days and encourage you, too. Because maybe God will remind you of some of the promises in His Word, maybe some of the promises that He's given to you personally or through prophetic words or whatever. Followers of Christ are not exempt from trials, temptations, and sorrows. Trials and tribulations help produce our character. I wish it was done through bluebell ice cream or Oreos. <laughs> Even heroes of the faith had trials and tribulations.